Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. I only blame the Russian military, but you could have helped. We're going to continue to support Ukraine's ability to defend itself. We're going to do that as much as we can, as fast as we can. Every state becomes a border state. Our border control folks, they're doing the best job they can. Judge Jackson ultimately has enough support. It's only historic when it's someone they like and with whom they agree. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Something big. We'll see. Uh, A few years ago, Harold couldn't put together four days. He's proven this year he can put back-to-back days of good golf. And uh, part of that is me hoping for the best for Harold, ECU guy, guy that played at an Ironwood during his ECU days. I actually uh, had a chance to play with Harold and used to see him out there all the time. So I am hoping he has a good outing. Carolina Journal is reporting the North Carolina Court of Appeals has issued a temporary stay in that case dealing with felon voting in North Carolina. The stay blocks any felons from registering to vote until appeals in the case are fully resolved. The motion for a temporary stay is allowed, according to the appeals court order released Tuesday. The final judgment and order entered by a three-divided judge panel of the Wake County Superior Court on March the 28th is hereby stayed. The writ blocks lower court order from taking effect until all appeals are resolved. Quote, the North Carolina State Board of Elections shall not order the denial of felon voter registration applications received pursuant to the final judgment and order, but shall order such applications to be held and not acted upon until further order of this court, the Court of Appeals said. Any action from the appeals court might not represent the final word on this dispute. Why? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because the plaintiffs are saying, please take it directly to the Supreme Court. Would the Supreme Court please intervene before these appeals take place and uh, let it let the felons vote. Now, I, listen, I'm not uh, advocating one way or the other on this case. I haven't looked at it that hard. But I will tell you this. I would not be a bit surprised if the Supreme Court does take it up right away. And I would not be surprised if they uh, overrule the appeals court. The ruling could affect, affect 56,000 felons who have completed active prison time. That includes felons on probation, parole, and post-release supervision. So we'll see what happens with that, with the Supremes, the NC Supremes. Uh, Interesting stuff coming out on the Bidens, and it's just not looking good. Now, I'm the first one to admit that it doesn't seem like the Clintons, the Bidens, the Obamas, uh, they can do whatever they want and seem to get away with it. I'm not sure if Joe is just because he's making all Democrats look bad or if it's because the uh, New York Times, and the Washington Post, and CNN suddenly realize they're really going to look like they have egg on their face when Hunter Biden goes down. But just today, there's two reports, one out of the New York Times, post on Hunter Biden's woes and uh, continue to get worse and continue to have more evidence mounting up. Uh, But now special counsel John Durham, in a filing late yesterday, released what may prove to be a crucial piece of evidence against 
the former Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman, a text message he sent to former FBI general counsel on the eve of their September 2016 meeting, stating, quote, the same lie in writing that the information he would share would not be on behalf of a client or a company. See, Sussman goes to the FBI and says, I'm just trying to be a good citizen here. I just want to help you guys out because I know you're all about law and order. And my goodness, I've got some evidence here that looks like Donald Trump and the Russians and this Russian bank alpha. It just looks like, and, and listen, I'm just being a good citizen here. I have no dog in this fight. I just trying to help you all out that it looks like uh, eh, what what Donald Trump is doing is illegal and he's in cahoots with the Russians. Isn't it ironic <laughs> how the Democrats are pointing all these fingers at Donald Trump? I mean, if, if you remember Hillary Clinton, while they're guilty of the same thing, Hillary Clinton came out during this whole boondoggle and said, uh, I think uh, Donald Trump probably has a private server with direct connections to Russia and this Alpha Bank. <laughs> he didn't, but guess who did? Yeah. Um, also connected in all this is um, Ialis, Mark Ialis, the Clinton lawyer. Uh, wouldn't it be poetic justice? If he, of all people, went down with all this? Anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be... Now, John Durham says, I don't know how, what kind of defense Sussman will have. But uh, from, from what he released last night, apparently it's a big deal that they now have this email because they now have it in writing. They also have notes backed up with members of the FBI saying that we have handwritten notes from that time right around the meeting. I mean, just within 24 hours at that meeting where FBI agents like Baker wrote down and said, well, he's, he's coming to us as a patriot, as a good citizen, concerned for the betterment of America. You know, <laughs> the Democrats are all about power and money. Uh, they could care less about whether or not America crashes and burns as long as they have what they want. And if Joe Biden is not exhibit A of that, I don't know what is. Interestingly, um, there's an, another story out concerning Stacey Abrams. Isn't it interesting? I mean, the millions that Joe Biden has raked in under Hunter— and the big guy getting his 10%. Stacey Abrams, who, when she first ran for governor in 2018, people wondered, how is she going to possibly make it? She, she has no deep pockets. She has no huge donors. When Stacey Abrams first ran for governor in 2018, one of the biggest strikes she had against her, this is out of PJ Media, was her financial status. Her critics wondered if she was able to handle her mounting debts. Losing that election must have been the best thing that could have happened to her because four years later, as she begins her second shot at running the state she claims to love, she is now worth 
$3.5 million, according to the financial disclosure form she filed in the state in March. Whereas in the last election, the specter of $54,000 in IRS debt hung over her head. Abrams now faces the opposite problem of getting rich off of her political activism. Isn't that interesting? Naturally, the GOP is lapping up the news of Abrams' financial gains to paint her as an elitist, out of touch with average Georgians, according to WSB Radio in Georgia. Garrison Douglas, a spokesperson for the National Republican Party, accused Abrams of using her campaign as a platform for her own financial gain. Bingo. I mean, look, how many times do we have to see this happen over and over and over and over again? These race baiters... It's a it's an industry. It's the goose that laid the golden egg. Stacey Abrams, Wee Willie Barber, the formerly large Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and you know what keeps them afloat? Skinny white liberal effeminate men. That's what keeps them afloat. Oh oh, they're so oh, race race race. Listen, there was, and I'm not saying there's not racists alive today. There is on both sides of the aisle and both sides of the race. You have black racists, you have white racists. But racism is not here like it was 50 years ago, 75 years ago, 100 years ago. It, it, it isn't. The only place you hear about it is amongst liberals and race baiters who are making big, big bucks off of it. Abrams' opponents aren't doing so badly themselves. Greg Bluestein of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution pointed out that Brian Kemp has reported a net worth of $8.2 million from his business ventures. Okay, he has business ventures. Tell me about Stacey Abrams' business ventures. The only business she's in is in the business of running for public office and race baiting. That's it. Her, I mean, she has a full-fledged grievance industry, and it's all based on race. Woe is me and how terrible these white conservatives are. <laughs> it's laughable. But, but, but what is really laughable, what is really laughable are these naive idiots that just fall in line. These corporations that, oh, oh, we got to go out of our way, make sure that they have all the money they need. New York Post reporting on Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matters used donations to buy $6 million Southern California home. A swanky Southern California home, $6 million bucks using donation cash, according to a report that came out on Monday. Three leaders of the social justice movement, Patrice Cullors, Alicia Garza, and Malena Abdullah, recorded a video last June outside the secretly brought home, purchased home, while making the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's murder, according to New York Magazine. Kohler's at the time said she was weeks removed from being in survival mode after the New York Post exclusive reporting the previous April April revealed her purchase 
of four high-end U.S. homes for $3.2 million. Quote, it's because we're powerful, because we're winning, Kohler said, of what she characterized as right-wing media attacks. Bingo! <laughs> it's because we're threatening the establishment. We're threatening white supremacy. They even double down. When they're caught making money as race baiters, what do they say? They double down. Oh, we're not race baiters. It's those white supremacists that say we're race baiters. I mean, hell yeah, it's not about the money. Really? So now she's got like $10 million of real estate? How much was she worth prior to George Floyd's death? I mean, how many years has it been since, was it three years coming in May? And she's gone from zero to $10 million? The property was purchased October 2020 with funds that have been previously donated to Black Lives Matter's Global Network Foundation, according to the explosive report. The seven-bedroom residence was purchased by a man named Dwayne Pascal two weeks before Black Lives Matters received $66.5 million from its fiscal sponsor earlier that month. Pascal is the financial manager for uh, Jana and Patrice Consulting, an LLC represented and operated by Kohler's and her spouse. Ownership was then transferred within a week to an LLC in Delaware, ensuring the property's owner wouldn't be disclosed, according to the report. Kohler's Black Lives Matter co-founder resigned in May as the group's executive director amid criticism over buying three homes in Los Angeles and another outside of Atlanta. The purchase of the nearly $6 million home has not been previously reported, and Black Lives Matter officials try to keep its existence a secret from a journalist looking into the transaction, according to the report. The organization tried to kill the story about the home, which is referred to internally as, quote, the complex. I'm telling you, it's big money. Whether you're Stacey Abrams, Wee Willie Barber, Black Lives Matter, it's big money, big power. When they come out and start playing the violin, don't believe it. (laughs) Don't believe it. And when they call you a racist, don't feel guilty. You know who you are. You know what you believe. You know your attitude to your fellow man. It's an industry. It's a gimmick. It's a scam. And they're making huge dollars off of it. I mean, you you look at Al Sharpton. (laughs) Is that guy still on MSNBC? I mean, I never turn on that channel. I don't know. But my gosh, (laughs) how in the world he would ever get a gig on any national cable news network is beyond belief. Joy Reid, she's now. I mean, she's she's got certain degrees uh, academically. I, I suppose she's done well. But there's another race baiter that's making big bucks, huge bucks. Oh, Al Sharpton was counsel. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's still making money as a race baiter, though. Uh, finally, I mean, that, that's, that shows you how desperate MSNBC must get it, must be getting, Hey, we're going to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Stay with us. More news and views for a Tuesday coming up.
This is your Drive at Five and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back and a quick look at your weather forecast. It is going to be uh, rainy tonight. Possibility of a half inch. Thunderstorms low around 62. So if you like to sleep to the sound of rain coming down, you're going to sleep well tonight. Chance for rain 100% tonight. Tomorrow, a few passing clouds, otherwise generally sunny, high near 83. Again, tomorrow night, chance of thunderstorms, uh, low of around 65. There you go. Thursday, uh, sun and clouds, high of around 82. And again, believe it or not, Thursday night, there's a 60% chance of rain. So uh, it's dry in eastern North Carolina. We need the rain, actually. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Warmer weather is here. What a better way to enjoy the outdoors with family and friends than being greenside or poolside. Voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row, Ironwood Golf and Country Club is waiving all initiation fees this spring and wants you to join in the fun and become a member today. Not a golfer? Ironwood's new social membership includes access to their competition-sized swimming pool, clay surface tennis courts, and member-only full-service dining at their restaurant. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Call her at 252-752-4653-252-452-4653. Got it? Uh, Fox News is reporting a Houston woman nervous to go outside her home after being robbed at gunpoint in broad daylight. He jumped out of the car, had a gun, said, I'll blow off your blankety-blank-blank head, Tonya Robertson said, 53 years old. She told that to WLTX-TV. Police say the aggravated robbery happened about 7.30 in the morning last Saturday. So he'd just gotten home, walking towards her front door, Car stopped, man with gun got out, demanded her money. How, it turns out she had just cashed her tax return check from the IRS, had some $3,900. How did, how did this person know that she had $3,900, that he would go and rob her at 7.30 in the morning? She said the money was for her son, who is dis- has a disability, he's confined to a wheelchair. Police say the suspect is a black male who stands 5'8", 6 to uh, 6 foot, wearing uh, a hoodie, blue jeans, white shoes. At the time of the alleged crime, uh, the victim was black. Another story. Uh, New York police are currently, also at Fox News, New York police are currently searching for a man who robbed a pregnant woman in Queens last month. The attack took place at 131st Street and Liberty Avenue. NYPD is searching for a man who robbed a pregnant woman in Queens. The victim, 26, pregnant, thrown to the ground during the assault, suffered uh, pain in her abdomen, cuts to her hand. Surveillance footage shows a man ripping the suspect's purse away before fleeing the scene. She was taken to the hospital, treated for injuries. Then you go to Sacramento, six people gunned down over the weekend. Most have been identified. Two people have now been arrested. It turns out they're brothers. Um, Interestingly, all three cities have Democrats in leadership. 
all three, even Houston, even Houston's leadership, they've had a Democrat mayor since like the early 80s. And while Greg Abbott is all about gun rights for citizens, leadership in Houston have done all they could do to make it more difficult. New York, yeah, that speaks for itself. And uh, Sacramento, well, the whole state is uh, gun-restricted for the average citizen. Now, the thugs, not a problem. We'll get you a gun. How long will it be before there's an uprising against this kind of stuff? I'm, I'm not advocating vigilanteism. But, uh, I, again, all you got to do is, uh, and, and there is an uprising. Look at the gun sales. There is an uprising. People have had it. But how long is it going to be before there's an uprising where people say, I can no longer vote for these progressive Democrats? How much longer are we going to have to listen to the dribble? Lori Lightfoot, have you heard her explanation for why violent crimes are up 57% carjackings and committed primarily, I think it's like 70 some percent of the carjackings are committed by youth. The reason why, according to Lori Lightfoot, is there are too many young people that feel unloved. We need to change that. How about some tough love, Lori? Lightfoot said that during an event with young residents in her city over the weekend, uh, she added that Chicago cannot arrest ourselves out of crime. So what are we going to do, Lori? What's your what's your idea? We're just we're not going to punish these criminals. And you wonder why people are leaving your city. I, I just another Democrat with this feel good idiotic mentality. Oh, they just need more love. We can't arrest ourselves. We're just going to arrest ourselves out of existence. If you don't arrest them, you're going <laughs> to, I mean, my gosh, how many hundreds of people will die needlessly in Chicago? And again, these, oh, by the way, out in Sacramento, uh, these were felons that had guns. In Chicago, some of the toughest Gun laws in the nation. And yet the bad guys have have guns and go out and shoot people up as they see fit. You know, if you wanted to do something, Lori, I mean, A, tough love would be good. B, have legislation that would, if you're going to have giveaway programs, which obviously you are, but have the giveaway programs related to families meeting family responsibility. Intact family with mom and dad in the home, taking care of the kids. Now, I know this is hard to monitor, but think of the hundreds of millions of dollars we just give away. Hire some people to monitor it. Give a livable, if you want to give away money, give it to those intact families with a mom and a dad. And of course, 
I know that that's a ridiculous thing to say because the definition of the family is anything you want it to be. You can have three men and a horse. No, that's our family. Uh, it's, it, it is mind boggling, but speaking of giveaway programs, <laughs> you don't know whether to laugh or cry or kick a dog. I mean, because of the frustration, I'm not advocating kicking any dogs. All right. Uh, there is a city in California that decided to give universal income to people that are transgender, non-binary, regardless of their earnings. Has nothing to do with whether you're poor or whether you're rich. It's, it has everything to do if you're transgender, non-binary. And we wonder why the number of people that claim that they're transgender continues to increase. These people will each get, for 18 months, a universal basic income of $900 per month if you come out and say, I'm transgender, non-binary. Now, of course, again, by their own definition, you can be transgender and non-binary one day, and the next day you can be straight heterosexual. No big deal. You can change with the wind. California cities plan to give universal basic income to transgender, non-binary residents regardless of their earning level. Stop and consider this. If you're a taxpayer, you will be giving money to a transgender just because they're a transgender. Doesn't matter if they make two or three times more per year than you make. Doesn't make it if they make 10 times as much. They're going to get your money because of their sexual deviation, sexual perversion, sexual idiocy. I, I, again, I've said this a hundred times. We used to lock people. I, I mean, we, we didn't lock them up in jail, but we used to take them to a, a, a home. Transgender residents in Palm Springs, California, are eligible to receive a universal basic income of up to $900 per month solely for identifying as transgender or non-binary. No strings attached. The new pilot program will have $200,000 set aside for allocation after a unanimous vote by the Palm Springs City Council last week. You're kidding me. <laughs> the inmates are in charge of the asylum. How did these horses' rear ends get elected and stay elected? Oh, they're so compassionate. They're so nice to these people. Oh, we need to feel sorry for the transgenders. Former San Diego City Councilman Carlo DiMeo, a Republican who served as the first openly gay member of the City Council, called the program outrageous and discriminatory. Thank you, Carl. We're completely opposed to guaranteed or universal basic income programs because they ultimately cause inflation and raise the cost of living on everyone else. And they just simply don't work, he said. But at least some of them have a minimum income requirement to qualify, whereas in this one, no strings attached woke virtue signaling to the LGBT community in a way that is not only offensive but discriminatory. I mean, this will never hang. Uh, this will never hold up in court. Now, I mean, I know they'll they'll go out and, and judge shop, find some Obama appointee who's oh, yeah, it's perfectly oh, it's perfectly constitutional. 
20 transgender and non-binary Palm Springs residents will receive the free money funded by the taxpayer for 18 months with advocacy-based health center, DAP Health, and LGBT advocacy group, Queer Works, managing the program. What could go wrong? (laughs) A six-month design period will be the precursor of the program's implementation in which the group Mayors for a Guaranteed Income will be involved in providing guidance Gee, I'm sure that guidance will, you know, that'll be nonpartisan. You know, that'll be. (laughs) The name of the group is Mayors for a Guaranteed Basic Income. They're going to guide the group. How do you think the guidance is going to go? Queer Works CEO Jacob Rotowski claimed in a press release that transgender non-binary people are highly marginalized in our society, in general, especially economical, economically. Uh, yeah, when you see how some of these men dress up, uh, I, I mean, are you going to hire a person? Now, there, I, I realize there's out there, and they, they can get jobs, depending on uh, what the organization is. I'm sure there's some woke organizations out there who would be all too happy But if you're trying to run a legitimate business and you're going to have your upfront person, a a 230-pound, six-foot-two man dressed up in a dress with long hair, (laughs) what could go wrong with that? How's that going to help your business? Our project's budget is estimated at $1.8 million, Rostowski said. And so when we look at what other programs have been successfully funded have done, their local cities have provided a match to that funding. Palm Springs Mayor Lisa Middleton, who is transgender, there you go, and now you know, pointed to the transcript from the city council March 24th meeting where she expressed strong reservations in general to guaranteed income programs. I specifically stated that I did not believe such programs could scale up adequately to respond to the over 37 million Americans living below the poverty line. But poverty is not an issue. It's whether you're transgender or not, right? That's the issue. we got to take a time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. You know, the wheels of... uh, Morality have fallen off the cart. I mean, we don't live in a vacuum. I mean, the sexual perversion that's all around us and is being celebrated is affecting those people that don't want to have anything to do with it. I mean, isn't it interesting? How many years ago did we hear, it's probably decades ago now, that don't force your morality on me. Well, now those same people that didn't want to be lectured 
about good morals are now forcing the lack of morals on the rest of us. This is, this is bizarre and totally disgusting. And in all honesty, if our judicial system is consistent, nothing will happen to this man. A flight from Washington, D.C. to Phoenix aboard a Southwest Airlines. There's a man sitting in a seat next to a woman. And this individual by the name of Antonio Sherrod McGarty pulls out his Uncle Albert and starts pleasuring himself on the airline. I'm, so, I'm, I'm trying to keep this as, as clean as I possibly can. It is totally disgusting. Does it four times on the flight. Naturally, he was arrested as soon as they got the plane on the ground. It's unbelievable. What's more unbelievable is this guy turned and asked the woman, do you mind if I do this? The woman, she threw her hands in the air. I mean, my gosh, if if she had the opportunity to move out of that seat, you know she would have. He said, I don't think the woman minded. She didn't seem uncomfortable with it. It's uncomfortable just to talk about it. But listen, I mean, think about the world in which we live. You're not, you're not allowed to object to anything. If, if, hey, that's how I identify. If you're, I mean, it, it is so bizarre. The world we live in is so bizarre that if you were to complain about something like this, you're the perpetrator. You've got the problem. You ought to be arrested. That's how crazy this has gotten. Total common sense thrown out the window. I mean, this, this guy's already got an attorney. The attorney says, can't wait to get to the courtroom, prove our guy's innocence. Yeah, I mean, you watch, there'll be some asinine deal where they'll sue Southwest Airlines for making our client feel bad for uh, the oppressive behavior against our client. He was just expressing himself. (laughs) Just vile, disgusting lifestyles. Don't put your morality on me. Is that not what they're doing? Their immorality. Speaking of which, you're all familiar with the uh, bill that Ron DeSantis signed down in Florida, which has been branded as the don't say gay bill, which, again, if you've been living under a rock and you know nothing about it, uh, this bill was passed and signed by the governor. And it says that you're not going to push any of this sexual gender identity, perversion, whatever you want to call it, in any of the schools 
from the kindergarten through the third grade. Kudos to uh, Peter Ducey, by the way, who asked Jen Saki, well, at what age do you think it would be proper to teach this stuff? I, I, <laughs> and she couldn't answer. I mean, she couldn't. She just she just typical liberal talking points about how oppressive this bill was. Well, OK, well, then when do you think it is proper to talk about sexual lifestyles? transgenderism, any, any of the, all, all the above. At what age would you do it? Would you do it before they're in kindergarten? She wouldn't answer. Kudos to, to Peter Ducey there. I mean, he's the only guy in that, those white house briefing, uh, deals that seem to ask these different questions, but Disney woke Disney, as you, I'm sure you've heard, they have now come out and they're, they're doing everything they can possibly do to shoot down this this bill they want it overturned and you'll see oh it'll get it'll be in court don't you worry chris rufo has uh come out with a list of disney employees arrested for child molestation and pornography and the list is long Chris Russo, who is responsible for dropping the leaked Disney media video on Twitter, that Zoom video, I played it for you last week, where the members of Disney who are in management and in the entertainment side were all coming out and just bragging about how they have pushed their queerness and have had no pushback from Disney's upper management. Now this guy has come out and, and listen, the, the, the evidence is there. I mean, he's got arrest records. He's got the, all the records, numerous employees that worked for Disney have been caught up just this last month in a sting operation in Florida and, uh, child pornography, uh, sting operations where Disney employees were thought they were talking to children. Turned out they were talking to uh, police and FBI and uh, got caught. I, I'm, again, I'm not going to go into the perverse things that they said, but these were adults, primarily adult men, that were all about a highly perverted lifestyle. And that is about the only explanation you can come up with as to why anybody would be against this Florida law that says you're not going to push any sexual discussion, even heterosexual discussion, as improper. I mean, the only person that should be talking to that for a five-year-old to an eight-year-old is the parents. And quite frankly, even then. I mean, that's up to the parents. That is up to the parents. I'm not telling the parents how to handle their family decisions. That's up to them. But the average mom and dad would probably think that's, you know, they don't need to need that. They don't need to know that yet. Although in our perverted world, the, the demands for that information to be given from mom and dad to the children, unfortunately, it's got to be younger and younger because of the world in which we live. Hey, we got to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
news and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. We've been talking about um, the, the, the disaster of uh, these cities that are run by Democrats and how uh, the, the opposite happens when you have uh, gun laws that forbid the citizenry from defending themselves, arming themselves. Akron, Ohio, Fox 8 out of Cleveland's reporting on this. There was a man who is just being identified by his nickname, Lurch. He's 74 years old. Saturday morning, 7.30, wakes up. A teenager comes crashing through his glass front door. Uh, apparently, this teenager thought, and by the way, there's a picture of Mr. Lurch. <laughs> and you would not look at him, 74 years old, you would not look at him and think, eh, this guy's going to put up a big fight. Uh, in all honesty, he looked on the uh, 80 side of 74. Uh, what this teenager did not know is that uh, Lurch had some heat. Lurch pulled out his gun. He came crashing through the door. Uh, Lurch put a bullet in him. He then went crashing down the basement steps. Lurch, at the top of the steps, looked down. The young man went to pick up a shovel and started coming at Lurch. Lurch fired again and again. He said to the police, I think I got him three times. The young teenager did not die, but uh, I don't think he's going to go back and uh, go into Lurch's house next time. Just just saying. I think, I think Lurch uh, put out the notice that uh, if you want to go rob, don't come here. And uh, you know what? Stories like that, I like to promote. Because uh, the more the bad guys know that people are arming themselves, the safer we will all be. Hey, listen, have a great night. Batten down the hatches. The storms are coming. And we'll see you tomorrow at 5 o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.